little book on my shelf uh, in my office. It's called the Bible Promise Book. Maybe some of you have something like that too. It's just a little paperback. Um, It has page after page of promises from the Bible dealing with all sorts of topics and you can turn to a certain thing maybe you're struggling with something you flip through there and it's got verse after verse after verse of all these promises that that that, that God has uh has has given us in his word to help uh deal with the things that that we go through now there there is one promise in the bible though I don't think it's in that book but Jesus himself um shared it it's again it's not quite so inspirational at least on the surface. He, Jesus is talking with his disciples in the upper room on the, uh, the, the night that he was betrayed, literally hours before his crucifixion. He's been telling them all sorts of things, and, and then he drops this gem on them. In John 16, this is what it says. In this world, you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus, again for that inspirational word. Uh, you are going to have trouble. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well... Maybe that's not something that, that, that puts a smile on our faces, but it, it's still true. We, we will have trouble. We struggle. This life can be difficult. Uh, as Eugene Peterson wrote in uh, his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, he says, to be human is to be in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I don't need to convince you of that reality today. I, I don't need to list all the things that we face as humans uh, that, that would be considered hard or difficult or trouble. I mean, we get it. And Jesus gets it. He gets us, right? And we can look to Jesus and to Scripture to see how we should handle the, the difficult things, the suffering that, that, that we face, because Jesus is right. In this world, we will have trouble. One question that many people ask in the face of suffering uh, in difficulty is why, right? Why, why do I have to go through this? Why me? Why, why do I have to deal with this hard thing in the first place? I mean, God uh, should be clearing all of that out of my life. I'm following him. I'm serving him. He should just clear all the trouble out of my life. There are, there are several things, maybe these, uh, the, these few uh, categories, maybe most of the trouble that we go through, maybe there's a, a couple more categories, but I think sometimes the suffering that we face, the, when we go through difficulty, the, the, sometimes the suffering is the consequence of our own sin. If we stray from God's path and we don't obey what he says, if, if we sin, then there are consequences, right? And the consequences come. Growing up, I experienced consequences at times. I I know it's hard to believe, but there were some times when I did not always do what I was supposed to do, um, and uh, I guess you would call it disobedience. Um, If it was egregious enough, there were a couple of wooden spoons in the house specifically set aside as consequences, right? Now, when I was bent over my father's knee receiving those consequences... I don't think I usually asked, why is this happening to me? I usually knew why this was happening to me. I had done something deserving of punishment. And so uh, sometimes the difficult things that we do are, uh, are the result of or the consequences of the, the, the things that we've done. It's popular th- these days uh, to say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. And a lot of people say that, uh, meaning that God has orchestrated whatever we're going through. Perhaps that's uh, true 
that everything happens for a reason. I just think that sometimes the reason is that we were real stupid. And uh, the consequences have come. Uh, it wasn't necessarily that God orchestrated it. He would have rather we would have gone a whole different direction. Uh, it's, it's sometimes the, the, the difficulty that we face in life is a result of our own poor choices. Now, sometimes, sometimes the suffering uh, that we go through is also the result of, of other people's sin. Right, but uh, unfortunately, when we sin, usually it doesn't just affect us; it it affects other people as well. Uh, other people's poor choices impact us negatively too. I'm sure a prime example, we could probably think of a, a ton of them. One prime example would be maybe a drunk driver who decides to, to get on the road while under the influence and has a wreck and injures others. And, and those people didn't do anything to, to cause that. And it wasn't consequences of their own uh, uh, wrongdoing, but, but it was the result of someone else's poor choices. Some of the suffering that we go through, go through is a result of other people's uh, sin. Some of the suffering that we endure uh, is because we live in a fallen world, right? We, this world has the potential of bringing trouble and harm. Uh, there, there's sin in the world, and so we deal with health emergencies or serious diagnoses or, or weather disasters or corrupt governments or, I mean, the list can go on and on, and life is hard simply because we live in a fallen world that is far from the perfect place that God first created in the Garden of Eden. Sin has consequences that reach into the fabric of our existence. But then there's one more category, I think, that uh, may come across about as inspirational as Jesus promised in John uh, 16.33, because I think sometimes suffering is part of God's plan. Jesus' half-brother James became one of the leaders of the early church. We can, we can read about him throughout the book of Acts and how he led the, the, the church. He also wrote a short letter toward the end of our New Testament uh, named after him, the book of James. It's, uh, and right at the beginning of that letter, he deals with this whole topic of, of suffering and struggle and hardship and pain. James 1, verses 2 through 4, he says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, I think we can relate to what James is talking about here. Trials of many kinds. We could fill in the blank that the the trials of many kinds that we have gone through, that we are going through, that we anticipate we might go through. Life is hard. There is trouble. The question is, when you face those trials, what do you consider it? Typically, we at best, I think we might consider the trials of this life to be a nuisance. Right, I, something that I have to deal with, but I, but I wish I didn't. I don't know. Uh, mosquitoes might come to mind. Uh, a trial. Uh, there's a lot of them, but uh, yeah, it's just a nuisance, right? What, what, you could, you, a lot of things could could fall into that category. We probably wouldn't call it suffering, but but we sure wouldn't choose it for ourselves. It's just a nuisance. But but usually, worse than that, we might consider trials of many kinds to be demoralizing debilitating, depressing, overwhelming, unfair, undeserved, downright awful. We blame other people. We blame God. When life throws you a curveball, when things get bad, when you you face trials of many kinds, what's your attitude? What do you consider it? James throws his own curveball because he says that we should consider it pure joy. I mean, that's that's crazy. 
let's just throw that out and find a different sermon, right? Come on. Now, I I could probably get on board with James uh, easier if he had said, just hang in there. Now, I mean, even that's hard, right? But uh, even that is, is difficult. But, but I could probably get to the place where I would acknowledge that I shouldn't shake my fist at God, but, but instead I can grit my teeth and, and hold on tight, and at some point I'm going to make it through. Hang in there. I could, probably, I could probably get to hang in there. But he says, consider it pure joy. <laughs> when I'm going through this... I wonder if, if one reason why that sounds so crazy to us is because of the mindset that, that a lot of people have is that God is here to make sure that I have what I want. If, if, if you think about it, a lot of people live like God is, is working for them, right? Uh, giving, giving me what I want when I want it, meeting my needs, making sure that I'm happy and comfortable, and, and that's what God is for, to make sure that I have what I want, when I flip through scripture, it doesn't look like God is working for us. It looks like we're supposed to be serving him, right? We're, we're here to do his will. He's not here to do our will. As, as Dr. Dennis Kinlaw once wrote, at the core of sin is my own self-will and demand that I get what I want. If I am to be a Christian, I must settle in my life once and for all that the law of my life is not my will, but Christ's will. His will has to be supreme, and that means that my will has to be crucified. Here, catch this. God does not exist to make you happy in the moment. He wants to grow you over time. Now, maybe that's hard to hear. Maybe that uh, goes against your, your mindset. God doesn't exist to make you happy. He wants to grow you. I mean, but that shift in mindset uh, it, it changes how we look at James, uh, what James calls trials of many kinds, what Jesus calls trouble in this world. It changes how we look at that, right? I mean, if God's primary objective, objective was to make sure that you're happy and you're not, then you'd have every right to be angry, Right? But God's objective is not just to make you happy. His, his plans are so much better than that for you, right? Uh, God wants you to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, so there will be times when you need to walk through hard things because that's how you become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, if I had started there, if I had said, hey, let's take a poll. How many of you want to be mature and complete, not lacking anything? You'd all raise your hands and say, yes, that's what I want. I think, uh, you know, we, we all want to be whole, not broken. We want to be full, not empty. We want to be strong, not weak. We just don't usually want to go through what it takes to get there. All of that's stated, I think, even more emphatically in, in the message paraphrase of these verses in James. I want to read that uh, to you at this point. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. 
I think I'm like most of us. I like gifts, right? When someone gives me a gift, it, it shows that they took the time to pick out something that they thought I would enjoy, something that I would benefit from. But if I unwrap tests and challenges, trials of many kinds, I think I'm pretty quick to try to rewrap that and walk away from it. But, but if I begin to see that God is giving me that gift to benefit me, then I can begin to accept hard circumstances instead of trying to avoid them. So many times I, I think our prayers during difficulty are for, uh, for a couple of things, relief and release, right? We, we want to get out of it, and we want to get out of it as quick as possible. God, take this thing away from me. But what if he wants to do something in me through this hard thing? I mean, there are things that I cannot learn. There are, there are ways that I cannot grow except that I go through hard things. If I'm considering my trials as pure joy, a sheer gift, an opportunity to grow, then I won't be as quick to try to get out of my problems because perseverance must finish its work. Remain steadfast knowing that God has a plan and he will develop you through it. Don't try to get out of the trials of your life too soon because perseverance matures and grows us. The folks from the the He Gets Us campaign write this. If if your goal in life is happiness based on circumstances, you will constantly be discouraged. But if your goal is to bring glory to God and to know and love God for who he is, not just what he does for us, we put ourselves in a position to learn and grow in our struggles. So there's purpose in the struggle. We can persevere knowing that God has a plan and we can trust him in the middle of our problems. A big part of that plan uh, that God has is to redeem us, right? To, to ultimately deliver us from the ultimate consequences of sin. Not only does Jesus get our struggles, but he died to free us from the consequences that we deserve. 1 Peter 3.18 says it this way, For Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Jesus not only knows what you're going through as you struggle, but he suffered in order to bring you to God. His death brings us life and hope. It's, it's good news. It's, it's the good news of the gospel that, that the followers of Jesus, we, we build our lives on this, right? Jesus' death and resurrection has provided for our ultimate deliverance from the consequences of sin. We have the hope of eternal life. I want to get back to that, uh, that promise from Jesus that I, that I quoted from John 16, 33, because I wasn't quite... Um, fair in treating that verse because I didn't read you the whole thing maybe you opened it up and you saw hey he stopped right there well yes I did here we go Jesus didn't just promise that we would have trouble in this life he said in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world Jesus has overcome the troubles in this world. Jesus isn't just saying, hang in there as you fight through this hard stuff in life and you barely crawl across the threshold of heaven someday. He says, you, he, he says uh, in John 10.10 10, that he came to give us abundant life in him, that we can live in a relationship with him here and now. He has overcome the world. I guess what I'm saying is that when we struggle, we don't struggle alone. 
Jesus not only promises and acknowledges that there's going to be trouble in the world, but he has already overcome the world. I don't, I don't know uh, all of your struggles today. As pastor, I'm privy to some of them, but certainly don't know all of the things that you have suffered with in your life or are walking through right now. But Jesus does. He gets it. He gets you. And not only does he get it, but he's with you in the midst of it. I could say hang on, but I think it's more than that. Consider it pure joy because Jesus is forming you and shaping you. And it's not the end of the story. He has already provided for your salvation and he wants to walk with you through this life no matter what you're facing. God is faithful. He gets us. In this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't mince any words, but take heart. He has overcome the world. Lord God, I pray that we can experience your grace in the, uh, in the hard things. Lord, we, we all can testify to those hard things. I hope, Lord, that, that we can also testify that we've recognized your faithfulness through those things. Lord, I, I pray that you will, you will help us to, uh, if we need to, to come back to you, to, to, uh, to recognize and, and, and to know you, to experience you once again, to, to give those things to you, to, to look for the ways that you are, uh, you are working as we persevere. Lord, I pray that you will help us to change our mindset to know that we are serving you regardless of the circumstances and we will trust you and, and we will look for the ways that you are faithful to us through it all. Lord, we, we love you today and I pray that as we, as we go from here that, 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 that others will see in our lives your faithfulness, that they will be drawn to you because of how we walk through the hard things in our lives. Lord, I, I pray that, that, that you will not only speak to us, but that you will use us to, uh, to help others as well. Lord, we thank you for this, this time that we have had together and with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.